When you think of a headlining luxury travel DJ, you think of Brian B. B. Champagne sipping, caviar eating, Maserati driving. Oh, wait. I think we've got the wrong show. This is the Travel DJ Blinn. Headlining luxury travel DJ, Brian B. out of New York City. Giving you travel tips, DJ experience, interviews with event and entrepreneur pros, and discussing pop culture and music. The perfect blend. The perfect blend. This is the Travel DJ Blinn. And this is Brian B. Brian B. What's up, everybody? Brian B. here. Coming to you live from... Seattle, Washington, actually. I had to think about that for a minute. It's been kind of crazy. I've been on a tour uh, the last couple days with Vibo, which I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about. And that kind of leads into my guest who I have on this podcast for this episode, Michael Mahler, who is the owner and founder of Vibo. Michael, what's up? What's up, man? How are you? Good. We are literally, I think, 12 inches from one another. <laughs> <laughs> a little more. Yeah, maybe a little bit more. We are on this tour, and if you've never run a small business before, well, I'm assuming you all have because most of you guys listening are entrepreneurs, but you know, sometimes you got to make sacrifices. You can't be baller until you get to be baller status. Yeah. So uh, we're finding some hotels that are interesting. Let's just put it yeah, that way. Affordable, we call them. <laughs> <laughs> we were on a boat yesterday. Yeah. We, we both didn't sleep that well. <laughs> no, no, no. It was not uh, not the best of rest. But, you know, you just got to push through and you got to keep going, right? You got to you gotta do what you got to do. <laughs> so uh, for those of you who may not even know what Vibo is, let me uh, give you kind of my take on it. Actually, Brian, I, we were driving together uh, from San Diego to L.A. And you had this um, a client call. And I sat in there. I was tired, but I was <laughs> listening. And you were pitching it to a real client and it was really interesting to hear the way you'd pitch it yeah so i um, i mean i was pretty fascinated to hear someone else live pitch it, and you booked the client like I you did. got a contract today i did yeah 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 so for those of you who aren't familiar with vibo it's a tool that i used uh in my business of djing private events primarily and it's really one of a kind it's it's a product that allows clients to manage their music and the planning of the event through an app. And it's the only thing out there that is an app. And luckily, you know, I've got a lot of intel from being um, an ambassador for the Knot. And one of the statistics that was really telling that kind of confirmed to me that I needed to be using Vibo was that 95% of couples are using apps to plan their wedding. Now, obviously I do more than weddings, but Weddings in particular, they're using apps and the DJ community, um, it's crazy. We, we are so advanced in so many different ways, but in so many different ways, we're not. And one of those ways that we're not and before Vibo was using technology on the planning side. And yes, there was things you could do online. There was, you know, whatever, but nothing that was like app driven that's speaking to today's clients that are using apps for everything. So uh, I basically met Michael... What was it? Two years ago? Um, it'll, August. It'll be exactly two years. That was Expo DJ Expo 2017. Yeah. So you were coming to him. Let's 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 actually let's rewind. Let's not even talk about Bible first. Let's go back in time. Okay. 
because I think this is even more interesting about Vibo. Um, you are a former working DJ yourself, right? Yep. And so Since 2008 was my first gig. Okay. And what kind of events were you doing? Um, I wanted to be actually, this is uh, exciting for me to record a podcast. I'll tell you why. Cause I wanted to work radio and they didn't accept me. <laughs> okay. So I was, I was like, okay, how do I get in the back door? And I went to learn sound engineering. All right. This was all in, uh, in Israel. Right. And uh, where I'm from. And, um, when I got to sound engineering school, I met this guy that was DJing and, uh, he didn't know English for the sake of God. And I had English from my parents and I'd write his reports, and he'd teach me how to DJ. So that's how I started. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And what kind of events were you mainly doing? Like weddings, or was it corporates? What was? So I started bars. Okay. And then parties, and then the first gig was my cousin. That was like, "Hey, you're a DJ. Why don't you do my wedding?" And then someone else heard me at that wedding, and it just rolled. And the last year I did it, the last year was the peak. I did like 55 events. Wow. A year. Yeah. Wow. And I think it's really interesting. This is just a side note. Uh, DJing in Israel, one of the things you've told me about it in the past is like, you don't you don't have to as a mobile DJ in Israel, you don't even bring gear. Like that's a separate person. All you're literally bringing is your music, and what controller? Do you even need to bring a controller? You bring a controller, your computer, yeah, um, and and lots of cables just in case. You know all the stuff. Like I saw you had this big box. Yeah. You have the same box. But I had a tiny little car. I felt like a doctor. You just come in with a little suitcase and you're done. And so it's not that the venue is wired necessarily, right? Or are they? Or is it is it that they're it's using another vendor? Yeah, another vendor. They um, There's a lot of vendors that kind of fight over the space. And when they get a contract, they spend a ton of, a ton of money. They'll buy the equipment. They'll install it. And then they'll pay someone to be there every night until they pay it off and then they start making money. So, but they usually have a few venues. So these these are legit businesses. Some of them are better, some of them are worse, and they also own the lighting usually. So why wouldn't the DJ just take do both pieces? Why wouldn't you want to own the gear, rent that, and then also DJ? I don't know. It's just the way the market is. It's just already controlled by these people that own PA systems. The PA stuff. systems, and they're pretty. I think they they might be not to put the system here down, but they're pretty good because you could spend maybe $100,000 on a system and pay it off like in two or three years and then you're done wow. or maybe less. Yeah. While here, I don't know, you could buy a system for well, much it's different. less than that. Yeah. It might be less qu- less of quality because it's, it's not installed in the spot. Right. Right. So technically, there's not that many venues, I guess is what you're saying too, right? Or is there a lot of Oh venues? my God, lots of venues. Oh, okay. Okay. Got but it. But I think here it's more hotels. Yeah. There we don't do it at hotels. It's like a specific venue for events. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. So you were doing some events and then kind of like maybe talk through the the evolution of Vibo. Where did you get the idea? How did how did that kind of mature? And then like where did it take off? How did, how did you kind of come up with it? Um, so that's a good question. I was doing a, an event for kids. I think that was the first time I was thinking, sh- um, I don't want to use the <laughs> S word, but I was thinking, oh my God, I, I don't know what to play. Um, and I posted a post on Facebook and I asked them, okay, whoever gets the top vote for the song on this Facebook group for the kids. And I was doing like weddings 
I didn't have a lot of experience for, for kids' events. Yeah. And what, when you say they, kids, what, are we talking high school? Are we talking yeah, like elementary? High school. Okay. Like uh, maybe 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds. And then they went in there, and they, they went crazy. I had songs with 15 likes. I had ideas. I really I knew them like the palm of my hand. And I was thinking, God, I, how come we're not getting a little more intel before we go play and get five ideas we never thought of so that we can play a better set, um, you know, just have eyes before we get there. Right. And that was the first time. And then the second thing where I really understood there might be something here was I was working because I was really new. I decided to work for so probably if I was in America, I'd work for you. <laughs> but I was working for someone that was in the industry many years more than me. And I just carried his stuff around and watched him. And he was super professional he played amazing sets every evening was different he gave the best service high class but <laughs> at the end I, w I kept taking pictures he had three backups it was all legit wow. except a piece of paper that looked terrible you could barely read that always sat on his computer and he couldn't even barely read it and that was the planning wow so i was thinking this guy's doing everything right except the planning yeah so that and that other kids party together kind of gave me this idea that something has to be changed right interesting so now let's let's so once you got that idea uh, i mean i'm just fascinated by startups in general because i think that they're especially as a dj company you know there's a little bit more structure to it um just because there's been people before us where we're i'm not like the first one in the space but you're literally like the first one in the space coming into this to a DJ world that, you know, this product didn't exist. So did you come up with a business plan? Like what was kind of like the, the things you were thinking through of like, now that you've found something that works for you, how do you go and like make a business out of this? I didn't know, to be honest, I just jumped. If I would have known how hard it would be, it was six years ago already. I've been in this for six years. Um, I wouldn't have started it if I knew how hard it would be. <laughs> yeah. So there was no business plan. It was just if I if I build it someday, one when it becomes good enough, there'll be someone that will buy it right. somewhere in the world, and that happened three years later. Okay. Um, now we we have DJs in thirteen countries. That's crazy. That's crazy. So I guess at, I get. So you would just use what some uh, not to get too personal with it, but were you? you know, looking for investors in this? Did you have to use some of your own money? Like how, how did that whole process start? Like to even, you know, get started? How was, how, what were, what were your thoughts? Were you just going to kind of self fund this essentially? Or how did you, how did you think about trying to put it together? Um, I think the, the main thing was I knew that I would be the one that does this. Yeah. That's like the main thing I knew no matter what happens, this thing would be something that I, I felt like it was kind of like this, calling almost uh, right yeah i felt like god i was looking for other solutions and i did see things that today might appear as competition right and i didn't believe people would really want to use it mm. so i was like oh my god if no one's really in the whole out no one in the world is doing this i have to i have to do something about it you know right and then you just figure out the way so I, obviously i didn't have any money um so i was able to convince two people to uh, start writing code for me. Wow. And the first one screwed me over, and then <laughs> we found the next one. And yeah. 
slowly uh actually the first idea was terrible no dj wanted to buy it we built this ipad that was on the dance floor that people could come up and give the ideas live mm. the reason was that because it was just easier to build you didn't have to have the app it was just one thing on an ipad right but no dj wanted it because no dj wants to be told what to play at the event yeah um so then we understood that we're like okay planning the 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 secret sauce is in the planning right so then we have to have an app right and the whole thing changed so many times so um to answer the question the funding i mean it mainly came out of pocket yeah family um got you it know, my father gave me like 50 grand my yeah. my mother uh, passed away and she gave me like i don't know 50 grand and so there's like a lot of belief. i was djing the whole time I was djing so every time i did a gig i raised my prices yeah I used Vibo. <laughs> right. I was booking more gigs. Right. And I was paying with the money I'd make at night. Wow. That's so cool. And I think that's amazing from the standpoint of like the the DJing, maybe there was a passion there. I'm, I mean, obviously, because you, you were into it, but like you were, f you were, it's like when you have a passion project like that, like anything you make, any extra goes towards like that kind of passion project. And whether you're, a DJ company or whatever. I mean, not everybody can, nobody can, I shouldn't say nobody, but very few people can just like, Hey, on a whim, let's start a DJ company. Like it's always going to be part time until you can finally like kind of get your boots on the ground. And it's, I think that the, not the struggle necessarily, but just the journey is like the best part. Cause now you can look back in those humble beginnings. And you're like, now look at where I'm at. You know what I mean? Like I got people who are actually using this product and stuff like that. Um, I think just think that's a it's a cool story to look back and see like where you started. You know what I mean? It really, yeah, it really is. I, I I'm really humbled, but I'm I feel like I'm still in the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because totally. not a lot of people know about it. We're we're learning. There's yeah. so much. It's I feel like we're only scratching five percent of what this could be. Yeah. But yeah, we have accomplished a lot since six years ago when it was just a, like a, an idea in your head. Right. It's pretty cool to see. You know people like you and other people and, and they're still using it right and uh yeah it's 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 cool looking back i didn't really know where i wanted to go with this episode necessarily but i'm just so fascinated by the startup process um and i think that this can be applied to anything like you know if you're starting your dj company or you're trying to take it on a different route so i want to kind of drill more into that stuff a little bit if you don't mind and we yeah. can get to the product in a minute but yeah, yeah. so i'm curious like what was how is it dealing with rejection from people who, um, not just the people who believed in the product, but like the DJs and like, what was, was there a lot of rejection or were people just eating this up or like, what was the, how did you deal with that? Uh, there was a ton of rejection. You have to, it's like sales. You deal with rejection all day, but from th 360 degrees all over you, the biggest rejection I was getting was from, um, people that want that i needed i can't write a line of code for my life right um, I, i'm a i'm a really good dj but i i can't code so i had to convince people to work for me for nothing yeah for a little bit of equity right and um there's a ton of rejection because there's so much so many great ideas and other people raising a ton of capital right in these big spaces and we're kind of like catering to this niche that i i'm in love with i don't want to move away from it i can't create an app for smart cars because i don't have passion for smart cars right um, i have passion for djing and music so the rejection from workers that left you you just get up and find another one 
Wow. Um, and the DJs, a lot of skeptical people that think <laughs> that we don't need this. And um, right. I think it took me time also to understand that DJs are, as much as we are cool, we have big egos. Yeah. Big egos. And if we didn't, we would probably wouldn't be good on stage. So I had to find a way for the product to be cool enough for also a DJ to use it without it hurting his ego. Right. Uh, or her ego. Um, and I got a lot of rejection in the beginning of people telling me I'm ruining the uh, I'm ruining the concept of being a DJ mm. by help by getting like encouraging requests. Yes. And yeah. I think we also had a discussion about that yesterday. Yeah. About limiting the number of requests, etc. Yeah. Um, each one has a different. Well, way of seeing it DJs in general they never agree on everything like there is somebody who is as far to the left as they are far to the right you know there's it just spans the spectrum in that space there's not a whole lot of consistency on too many things um, especially when it comes to guest requests it's crazy so I'm gonna go to an, um, a little bit fast forward a little bit here so clearly it had to be doing pretty well in Israel in some point. Like where did you finally like find your stride? Was it year one or two in? Like when did you start to kind of find your stride in Israel? And then the second part of the question would be, then you made a jump to the U S like why? And like, that's not like an easy thing to just <laughs> up and move out of a country and anywhere. I mean, I can't imagine going anywhere out of the U S and permanently setting up residence on an idea that hasn't fully been tested. I mean, talk us through like what you were thinking through that process. And like, you know, I'm just, I'm fascinated by this. So hopefully I'm not digging too deep, but I just think this is going to be helpful for so many people who might be on a space where like they've been doing this part time and now they need to jump in the water. Like talk about a big jump in the water. That is like jumping into a huge ocean of <laughs> you know yeah. what you did. Well, uh, I think we just uh, maxed out in Israel. It's just such a small market. The mentality is uh, not as customer service oriented. So I think the product has a bigger future in America because here people really care about the customer. And in Israel, as much as I love the country, uh, it's not so much that way. Mm. So the open-minded DJs that were really, it, it was important to them, weren't that many. So how was it to jump in the water? Let me think. Like so, um, so you saw the the opportunity obviously in America. Did you test the, did you test the market at all? Like, what was your um, thought going into that? Like, how did you know that they were customer service oriented? I mean, how did you? I mean, because I don't think people know this. I just know because I know you a little bit. You, I don't know how you, um, if you lived in America for a little while. I, I don't really know the whole story. Just for but like four months. Okay. In so, Vegas. But how did you know that like we were so customer service focused? Well, my, my parents are from America. I'd come here every year. My grandparents are from here. I have family here. So I did know you. It, it's a big culture difference. Okay. Very big. Um, so I think I had no idea what I was doing. That's the real truth. Yeah. I didn't know. I, I flew. I called uh, Ryan Berger from Mobile Beat. I yeah. asked him, listen, can you hook me up with some, uh, some DJs? He hooked me up with uh, some of your friends. Uh, Bun uh, and 10 other guys um, in Ohio, Rock the House. Yeah. And for those of you who maybe not familiar with um, all the shows and stuff, Mobile Beat's a show producer. They're also a, a, an online publication, but they host one of the bigger trade shows in the mobile DJ world. And so 
Ryan Berger is kind of the owner of that and, and curates that. So he, that's kind of cool he that you just, me. Yeah. so how did you find out about mobile beat? You just kind of, I Googled it. I found out I was afraid to call. I was just sitting in my office in Tel Aviv afraid to call. Cause I was afraid they'd steal my idea. Oh, that was two years ago. Yeah. Like literally that wasn't a long time ago. Right. And then he kind of, we clicked. He, he said, um, he's just like Christian that loves Israel. And yeah. he's like, I want to help. I want to help you because I believe in God or something yeah, like holistic. Yeah. So he got on a, he got on ten calls with me. Also, Robert Arthur was one of them. We yeah. got on ten calls, um, and then I flew. And I didn't. Each, I was so ignorant. I I thought every day I could beat somewhere else. So I was flying all over the place. Every day I was in Texas, and wow. I met Glenn in Texas. I went here. I went there, and um, my my um, my family told me you need to go to the expo next month you have to come back you had an interesting month you met a lot of djs you should come back to the expo and that's where i met you wow that's crazy so that's the way i decided to go to the ex if i wouldn't have done that tour i wouldn't have gone to the expo right and that's right. that's where we met so you got to the, so then fast forward now you decide to like hey i'm gonna put roots in america because i see the the opportunity to um, you know, really grow the market in with it, this product. How's it been going? Like, have you did you see a, a huge, you know, initial wave of of uh, users that were gravitating towards it? Was it again more rejection? Like, where 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 was it with that? So um, the listeners probably don't know you and I. You helped me work on the product for like six months until you were were able to say, "Hey, I'm going to use this thing," and and. Um, even you know put my name on it you were helping us um and um so were you encouraged by i mean obviously no I'm one touched one. it for six months right. you were the only one and i think also david um from seattle yeah so two djs and then it took i think another year until people started understanding that we're not going to go anywhere and that we're legit we're legit and that we're the bugs you know we're going away uh, not that it's you know amazon has bugs yeah <laughs> but yeah, I think it was just four months ago when it started growing like the way we want it, uh, you know, we want it to grow faster all the time, obviously, but we don't want it to go faster too fast. So, right. Uh, the growth started, I think, four months ago after s a year and eight months in America. It Got took it. a year and eight months of establishing. Right, right. So what's interesting, too, is that you being a DJ, you obviously understand the concerns of what DJs go through. I think that that's super important to a product like this because there's a lot of people who just make products to make money, which is there's nothing wrong with that. But when you actually understand like the struggles of a DJ or the struggles of whoever you're making a product for and you're addressing a concern and you're willing to not only address that concern, but then also continue to listen to feedback and kind of uh, make the product even better you're not just like saying here's the product and that's it i love that the the fact that vibo from the beginning i mean for me when i started looking at it it's i mean it's not even the same product and not even close like you've continued to evolve that and that kind of leads us to even where we're at today like we've been on the road for four days meeting with djs part of it has been sales driven somebody who's not using the product hopefully they'll get a chance to check it out that was the initial goal obviously we open this um tour up to whoever is even using the product and 
what it's turned into beyond just a selling uh, opportunity has been great product playing feedback from DJs who are using it. I mean, just over the last couple of days, we've gotten some really good feedback from yeah. DJs, you know, really good feedback. And I remember my days in working at pioneer. That was one of the things I really appreciated by pioneer was that the management team there. And, the, and this goes all the way up to the top people in Japan, they wanted to make sure that we were getting direct feedback from users and because we did that, I think that's what grew Pioneer's market share. I mean, it's not probably. I know it's what drove it because they were continually listening to DJs and uh, who were using the product or they were wanting to have used the product. So the cool thing about Vibo, I think, is that you are willing to take those ideas. Obviously, you can't implement everything under the sun, but it's continually getting better every day. There's some kind of stuff. And a lot of stuff it may not even be visible to the, you know, client side but basically you know this product you know it's getting faster it's it's getting smarter there's different things that are happening in the back end and it's really cool to see that it's just continuing to progress you know did you by the way see the the full uh, mock-up for the next version for 2020 yesterday for the first time in full or were, did i show it to you before we showed it to those djs in, in la i think most of it i had seen you, you saw it okay. most of it i cool. don't know there may have been a few things i hadn't seen uh -huh. but okay but yeah i mean it was interesting to show it um, yeah you know kind of like the future what was really cool was there wasn't a whole lot of like hey i would change this i would change that like the things that you were already putting out there of where it's going like people were already like super excited about it yeah like that's a good sign yeah you know what i mean um, so maybe we could just spend the last little bit here, uh, and we're going to sh uh, share the website of where you can see this video and demo. I didn't want to get too much into the weeds on like the product, but, um, where do you see it going? Like, uh, right now it's a product that, uh, you know, has some integration with Spotify and there's other uh, services out there that soon it will be incorporating, but let's go 10 years from now. Like what are some things you see Vibo being able to do? that is maybe on your radar and I don't want you to tell too much of uh, some of the proprietary stuff, but like, c can you give us a little bit of a peek behind the curtain into what you're kind of thinking through and that kind of stuff? Like where, where do you see this being of down the road? Yeah, sure. So, um, I think the number one thing that I, that I as uh, an entrepreneur changed is focus. So when when even we met each other, we always kept talking about the CRM and how important having a CRM and, you know, the competition has that. And when I kind of just said, listen, I, I was real with myself and I said to myself, I know nothing about CRMs. I can't build a CRM. I don't know it. I can only build something that has to do with the music planning because that's what I love and that's what I started the company for and that's where I, s I think we started focusing so that's i think the future is going to keep going in that direction um anything that has to do with music and empowering djs a lot of people talk about the future where robots will you know switch human beings and i think in our space it's art and technology can really empower people that do art and give them wings and give them other things that you know, people that use technology and art could, you know, architects, they could plan better buildings because they have computers and, and they share information. So I think that's really where it's going to go. It's going to go in integrating with different things that will help DJs like, 
you know, all the buzzwords like AI and machine learning um, and, and stuff like that is for sure going to be a big part of the product. Because imagine this. Imagine you're playing a set and you have this great idea and you can suddenly share it with someone. And then next time someone else is playing something similar and you it, it would like recommend cool stuff when you're planning or when you're, when you're playing or if your clients are choosing five songs for different categories in their wedding, it'll learn them and say, hey, you know, we understand you so well that we can we can give you really cool recommendations if you're not cheesy, if you are cheesy uh, for your dancing just upon learning your first dance and your cake cutting. So we could a lot of things that have to do, I think, with data and machine learning and not only just the front end and how it'll look, but like stuff that really will make people hop and bop on the dance floor based on uh, referencing um, in the network, you know, making the more DJs join, the more people that use it, the system becomes smarter. That's right. kind of where I think it's going to go. And that's I was hoping you kind of go there with it because knowledge is power. We hear that line a lot but the more that you as a dj can have at your fingertips knowing like i know for me as a dj i mean i feel like i'm very creative and i can read a room really well but there have been times where a guest comes up to me and recommends a song and i go oh man that's that's a spot on actually like i would i would never have thought of that so the fact that it, if it can learn kind of my style if you will but then also say, ooh, here's a couple outliers that I think would fit with this. Whether they pull that from the data that's been uh, inputted into the app through all of the DJs that are out there using it, or whether it's just somehow there's some kind of um, you know questionnaire, if you will, that goes to the client that with that data, it gives us a bunch of ideas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if there's some similarities between clients that have that same kind of DNA, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I think that 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 doesn't hurt the DJ. It actually helps the DJ because now you're getting even more ideas. And I just, for me, that's the, that's the cool part. I like to connect the dots, but having knowing what dots I have available to be able to connect. Exactly. I can create some kind of masterpiece just with, you know, through whatever. I agree. So and the the smart learning, I can see that for sure being where it's going to go. I mean, you already see it in other industries already. So it's, it's, doesn't come as a surprise that the DJ industry would would see that as well. Yeah. And uh, I just want to mention one more thing. Um, I think the the second thing that it's probably going to evolve is helping DJs make more money, because once you are able to connect the dots and engage the client and get them, you know, turn them part of the party for ten months in advance, you get to know them, and and you can build on top of that different uh, business models for DJs helping them reach out to clients that they wouldn't have ever be able to reach out because they're just having fun with them you know talking about music right so I think that's going to be a big shift maybe in a few years that we'll be able to kind of help DJs um, just grow their businesses through through the network that they're building, through the app that they didn't even realize that they were building this this network for themselves. Right. Um, I think that's going to be a big thing, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Without going to a lot of detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. You know. Um. So let's kind of put a bow on this one. I mean, I'm sure we're going to get on another 
podcast episode soon, but um, I just think it's super interesting to hear people's stories of uh, the journey and not so much like, you know, just the product itself. I mean, that's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, So let's talk about that for a quick second. Where can people find more information on Vibo? Um, Is there a website? Is there a social media? Give us a little bit of ways to connect with you. Um, So we have a our website is uh, vibodj.com or vibo.io. It's the same thing. And okay. there's a little bit of info there. You can book a demo with us. We're really friendly. We'll just get on a call and show you the way it works and how by the end of one hour, you'll know not only if it can help you, but how to use it. It's it's the I pretty much pride myself that you don't have to spend a week <laughs> figuring things out and paying people to set you up. That's awesome. Uh, and then for the DJs that are out there, where is your next show? Where are you going to be next uh, with this product? Marquee, it's be right? Marquee in July, beginning of July, and then Expo. And then we're also going to be at, um, at in Scottsdale yeah. at, um, in uh, November. So there's a lot of shows coming up. Before and, the end of the uh, year. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, cool. Well, Michael, I appreciate you taking some time before you uh, take your nap because we've been up since. Oh, my God. <laughs> First of all, we were, I talked earlier about the whole, like, you know, keeping things budget. He mentioned the ship. Literally, we were on a ship yesterday. I feel the, these quarters, like these quarters that we're in right now is tight. This is a quarter we were in last night. Like, I think I could barely get out of bed without, like, touching you <laughs> just because it was, My like, so yeah. tight. But we didn't sleep well. So no. we were – so not only did we not sleep well, but we were up at, like, 4.30 to make our flight this morning. So it was – it was uh, we're running on fumes, but we uh, are going to – we're going to keep pressing through. So um, – Yeah, one more stop. Right? One more. So, guys, thanks for tuning in. I hope this you found this useful, and uh, we'll be back with another episode soon. We'll talk to you later.